Welcome to the Geektastic Dad podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your friendly neighborhood geek and, of course, father of a daughter. In this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the customization options that are found in Chapter 6 of the Player's Handbook, which focuses primarily on multi-classing. Now, multi-classing basically means your character has attributes from more than one class. In short, if you've taken levels in more than one class, such as a rogue, wizard, uh, rogue and wizard, if you will, then you're multi-classing. Doing that does have some implications, and we'll talk about those. The other topic uh, in this chapter is feats, or as we call them, features. You can take these as you level up in lieu of additional points in ability scores. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Now, if you'd like to visit me on social media or send me an email, point your favorite web browser to geektastic.link slash contact. You can support my podcast by going to geektastic.link slash support. If you'd like to leave me a voice message and possibly have it played on my podcast, with your permission, of course, visit geektastic.link slash voicemail. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Please like and subscribe my podcast on your favorite app, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. Thank you again for joining me. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, once again it is time for... What the geek? <laughs> that never gets old. Alright, for my first topic for What the Geek, uh, in the show notes is a link to an article on Forever Geek that breaks down classic TV shows that geeks will love. I'm happy to say that I've experienced all but one of these when they were brand new. Uh, I'm also a little bit sad to say that I'm old enough to relate to anything considered classic. Um, anyways, the only show listed that I haven't seen is Community. And I really haven't seen every episode of all of the shows on this list, but enough to appreciate their contributions to entertainment. This brings up another sidebar. Having grown up in the 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s, I have a nostalgic appreciation for some TV shows like these. And even shows not listed like Friends. Um, I appreciate that she, these shows existed with... Uh, minimal political signaling one way or the other. Now, I'm not going to turn this podcast into a discussion about politics, but I just believe that entertainment is at its best when the goal is to entertain. You can even fast forward to the Big Bang Theory and include it in this conversation. It's a wonderful TV show, very funny and entertaining for all. So um, that's the first one. Check out those shows. If you haven't seen them, I'll watch a couple episodes. You might appreciate them. Um, next topic, there's a teaser trailer released for Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods. The link is in the show notes, of course. Um, looks like Lucy Liu will be playing Calypso and Helen Miram will be playing Hesper uh, Hespera. Based on the trailer, it seems they've upgraded their set as well. I'm excited and hopeful that this will be a very good sequel to the first installation of the Shaz Shazam cinematic experience. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of neat. Now, topic number three, there's an article out in Geek Culture that Tom Holland says Spider-Man No Way Home marks the end of a franchise. Uh, to be clear, this is the end of the franchise that started with Spider-Man Homecoming. Of course, I'm sad to see this come to an end, but let's be frank. Some, someone will probably pick up another Spider-Man franchise at some point. Looking back, we have the Sam Raimi films from 2002 to 2007, including Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. Then we move into the uh, Mark Webb films from 2012 to 2014, including Spider-Man. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, 
Now we're into the Marvel Studio licensing agreement from 2016 to 2021, which includes Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and of course this next one, Spider-Man No Way Home. This last batch of films also includes other movies like Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame, which of course because Spider-Man's in those. Keep in mind, um, we also have a new animated Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse coming sometime next year, I think. However, we salute you, Spider-Man, at the end of another era in entertainment. So thank you. And that concludes our section on What the Geek. All right. Thank you again for joining me at Geektastic Dad Podcast. Uh, as I've said before, we'll be talking about multiclassing. And in doing so, I hope to bridge some of the gaps in previous episodes as well. Uh, this episode will also expand on features a bit more, so you are better equipped to decide between the ability score bonuses or feats, assuming your DM allows them. So multi-classing. Uh, as I've mentioned before, multi-classing is a combination of two or more classes for your character. Uh, one thing to understand is the difference between your class levels and your character levels, or character level. Uh, if you are playing level 5 fighter, class and you decide to take one level of say the druid class you are a level six character but in two classes a fighter five and druid one as a dm i am open to multi-classing but i ask my characters to make the transition work within the context of their character and the campaign meaning if you're playing a wizard and decide to start taking classes in monk i want to know why did your wizard spend time training with monks was there an event with the cam- within the campaign that drove this change? Maybe your character has been spending a lot of time training with one of the monks that's already in your party. What is the story behind it? If you're just tired of getting your butt kicked in melee combat, that's, that's just not good enough. Not all DMs are the same, and some probably don't care, but I do because I want the story to be immersive for my players. Now there's another hiccup to multiclassing, and that's the prerequisites. Your wizard cannot take a barbarian class if he doesn't have a strength score of 13 or better. Barbarians have to be strong. They're a meat shield in most games. Similarly, you can't take a class of sorcerer if you don't have a charisma score of 13 or better because that's the requirement for spellcasting. There's a table in Chapter 6 that breaks down all of these prerequisites, so make sure you pay attention to that before you start trying to multi-class. Some have multiple dependencies, like a monk requires you to have both a 13 dex as well as a 13 wisdom score, so be mindful of that. If you're running a campaign that uses experience points, which most do, you need to have enough experience on your total character level in order to take another class level. That's where the overall level of your character comes into play first. If you're playing, uh, say, a level 4 barbarian and a level 1 fighter, your overall character class is level 5. So in order to take another level of either class, Barbarian or Fighter, um, or maybe a third class, you need to meet the minimum of 6,500 XP for the level 5 character to go to level 6 as a total character. Hopefully that makes sense. The other component that applies to your overall overall character is your level proficiency bonus. Um, It will always be predicated on your total character's level. So if you're Fighter 3, Rogue 2... Your proficiency bonus is plus three because you are a level five character overall. Along similar lines, you only gain some of the new class's proficiencies when you level up to the new class for the first time. There's a table in chapter six that provides some more details on the multi-class, uh, multi-class proficiencies. So be sure to review that 
and understand what your character's really going to get when he or she takes uh, first level in a new class. Hit points are very simple. You apply the number of hit dice for the different classes multiplied by the class level. So barbarians have a hit die of 1d12. Sorcerer has a hit die of 1d6. If you're taking a level bar, uh, level of barbarian, you roll a d12 for your hit points. If you're taking a level of sorcerer, you roll a d6. So basically, if you've got a barbarian 3, sorcerer 2, your character's total hit dice count is 3d12 plus 2d6. Make sense? Okay, we have talked about features or feats before. Uh, feats represent some kind of talent or expertise that a character can get, which gives special abilities. Most classes have their own feats, but when you're multi-classing, uh, there are a few exceptions built into the rules for channel divinity, extra attack, unarmored defense, and spell casting. So for the first of these, it's our first three of these, it's basically says you can't get it twice. So with channel divinity, for example, you don't get an additional use of it if you happen to multi-class with a, another class that offers this feat. Same applies with extra attack. You basically can't have an extra, extra attack. Uh, same applies with Warlock's Eldritch Invocation and uh, Thirsting Blade. Does not give you an additional attack if you've already got the extra attack um, feat feature. Unarmored defense is basically in the same boat. You can't get it again or get any extra unarmored defense. Um, to me, this makes perfectly logical sense, but um, basically these feats, Channel Divinity, Extra Attack, and Unarmored Defense, do not stack when you multi-class by virtue of class alone. So keep that in mind when you're taking new classes. Now for spell casting. Before we get into spell casting or spells, I want to circle back on the Warlock class and explain how Pact Magic works. Warlocks can't really be compared to other spellcasters because they don't have spell slots per level like other casters. Warlocks just have spell slots. And any Warlock spells between 1st and 5th level spells get cast using these spell slots. They are cast at the highest level spellcasting ability the Warlock has at the time. So there's no casting at first level when you're third level uh, caster. Um, at level 11, character level 11, the Warlock's patron bestows a secret called the acronym on the Warlock, which allows the character to cast one sixth level spell without using their normal packed spell slots. This continues at level 13, the Warlock gets one seventh level spell. At level 15, an eighth level spell and at level 17, a ninth level spell. Warlocks regain their packed magic spell slots through a short rest. This is spell levels one through five, which is important because other spellcasters generally regain spells only after a long rest. Warlocks regain their uh, acronym spells, level six and above, only after a long rest, similar to other spellcasters, basically. So if you choose to multi-class, you'll be subject to multi-class spellcaster table, which is found in this chapter. To determine your spellcaster level, it requires a bit of math. Okay, so here it is. You ready? First, add together all your spellcaster levels for bard, cleric, druid, sorcerer, and wizard classes. Next, add half your levels in paladin and ranger classes, and then round down. Finally, Add one-third of your fighter or rogue levels only if you have the Eldritch Knight or Arcane Trickster feat. You also round down on this. 
Once you have this number, you can determine your multi-class spellcaster level and use this table to determine your spell slots available. So, if I have a level 5 sorcerer, level 2 paladin, so a level 7 character overall, I will take the full 5 of the sorcerer classes and half the paladin classes. So that's 5 plus 1. If I'm a second level paladin, I take half of that to determine my spellcasting level is at 6 for this particular multi-classed character. So where does the Warlock come into play? That's a, muddies the water just a bit, um, but I'll try to explain. If you multi-class with the Warlock, you will have packed magic at the specific level anywhere between 1 through 5, as we discussed already, depending on your Warlock level. You can use this level to cast Warlock spells or another Spellcaster class spells, let's say Sorcerer, for example, and it comes out of the packed magic spell slot. You can, however, cast Warlock spells at any other spell level because of the Sorcerer class, and it will be taken out of the Sorcerer's spell slot. So why is this important to know? Because, if you remember, Packed Magic spell slots come back after a short rest, and that includes any spells cast from another class using the Packed level. At the same time, if you cast a Warlock spell using, again, for example, a Sorcerer's spell slot, that will only recover after a long rest. So basically, it's a mashup of the two spellcasters. I also want to note something very important in this. If you recall our little calculation to determine your spellcaster level, warlocks are not included in that list. So if I'm playing a source for 5 warlock 1, the spellcaster level is just 5. If I'm playing a source for 5 warlock 5, again, my spellcasting level is just 5. However, you can cast your warlock spells at, say, 3rd level because of the Sorcerer's Spellcaster level. Wow, okay, so that's a lot to unpack, but hopefully I've explained it well enough that it makes sense. So the rest of this chapter is just basically dedicated to the list of feats available for your character um, that you can take at specific levels in lieu of ability score bonuses. Again, pending your DM's approval, of course. I generally allow it, and I do have the same similar rule that it, it should make sense to your character within the context of the story and the campaign setting. I suggest reviewing this section, reading through the feats, because you might notice that many of them also give you ability score bonuses along with other benefits. For example, the athlete feat gives you a plus one to your strength or dex score to a maximum of 20. Now, you will find that any of these do cap at a max of 20, Whereas if you take the ability score modifier, you can exceed 20. So that's something to consider when you're deciding between a feat and ability score bonus. So anyways, read through it. I think it's fun reading. Um, it's, it's super exciting when it's uh, level up time and you get to go through the feats. That's always been something that I've enjoyed. So hopefully that's helpful. So that's it for today. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider supporting me again, geektastic.link slash support. Um, thank you for joining me for this episode. If you really enjoyed it, uh, feel free to share it and spread the word. Um, if you'd like to visit me on social media again, or send me an email, open your favorite web browser to geektastic.link slash contact. I welcome ideas for upcoming shows because I only have a few more chapters left in this run. And some of them I'm probably going to combine together into multiple, you know, multiple chapters in one episode. So, uh, give me some ideas. Love it. Please like and subscribe my podcast on your favorite apps, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to me on. Um, would love to, to see some thumbs up on there. You can see a list at geektastic.link slash podcast. You can also listen to my podcast directly from my website now if you choose. 
Um, I still urge you to go to one of those mediums and give me a thumbs up, though. Would appreciate it. Uh, if you if you'd like to leave me a voicemail again, I promise I will not play it without your permission. You can visit me at geektastic.link/voicemail and uh, give me give me some words of encouragement, some criticism, whatever. I don't care. I just want to hear your voice. Anyways, be kind to each other, have fun, and always, always stay geektastic. <laughs> <laughs>